Alright, cool. So we're back again with the No Spray, No Play podcast with the boys, me, T, Joe and the DC. What we're saying today, Premier League review, but before we do that, what are you saying, boys? You good? Yeah, I mean, live and kicking, aren't we? You know, we're having a good time. Yeah, looking forward to football coming back, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, mate, it's, it's feeling more like this is this is when we should be enjoying the football, you know. Like, it's felt a bit odd. We, we discussed previous weeks, it's felt a bit odd over summer, hasn't it? It's felt a bit like, you know, wearing your yeah. shoes on the wrong feet. It, right. it, it has been weird, but I'm looking, looking forward to it. Also, really good news that we've heard recently coming out with fans slowly being allowed to come back into the stadium, even though it's not going to be full capacity, but the small numbers will make a big difference in the game. And we're looking forward to it. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think they'll do? Because I don't know if you noticed. Like, obviously, we've no fans. What they've done is they've put sort of like an atmosphere recording. Oh, obviously. mate, I'm not a fan of it. So, are you not? Like, what would they do? Like, with limited numbers, you're never going to get that same like atmosphere. So, if you're I, I think I'm very weary of it. Anyway, I'm a big wrestling fan, as you both know. And for years, like, there's been what's referred to as the hairdryer pop, where like you know you've got that almost like it sounds like noise piped in that isn't actual authentic crowd noise and like when real sports started doing that i was a bit like oh fucking hell here we go like everything's gonna sound like that and it's i've found it very tiring just the content of it sounds like a game of fifa not an actual sport does that make sense like it doesn't feel even though it it makes it more viewable it doesn't it doesn't feel as good watching a game of football you're you're right. You're right in sense. Obviously, it's not it's not the it's not the same that we're used to with the fans because the fans have their own special way to react to certain things that happen on the pitch, which you can't emulate with. Without a doubt, uh, without a doubt, that's the thing. Like you never you're never going to get you know the referees a wanker being chanted. Oh yeah, over some piped in noise. Yeah. You know, you're never going to have fans turning on one player individually to try and psych him out. Oh, you know. That would have been the interesting way to do it. You know, if they'd said, right, every club, it's your responsibility to put together some noise for, you know, for when you're the home team. And, like, they can decide what they want the atmosphere to be. You know, if they'd done it like that, that would have been a bit tasty. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's very sort of like, you'd say that's quite unfair, wouldn't you? Because then you remember, obviously, whether you play away or at home, you still have fans that would come and support you away. And then obviously, if you did do that with a home team, did provide the noise, they'd have a kind of like an unfair sort of like, kind of sub, like, not really this home fans there, but they're going to have home fans sort of chanting. So they might have a little bit of an edge on the other team. But yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I yeah. get what you're, to be fair, I prefer the fake noise instead of just the, the quiet background, to be fair. Yeah, true enough, true enough. Oh, well, anyway. the top, then? Let's just get right into it. A Liverpool retaining the league title. T. Uh, uh, no. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> straight in there. Um, to, uh, to be honest, obviously we're talking very early and a lot of things can happen and change in the transfer window but which I, I don't think Liverpool will really change or add much to that team uh, I don't really think they can possibly do better than they did yeah. this season so um, yeah yeah I'm kind of thinking like um, I think it's so competitive between 
I think I think City and Liverpool are really equally matched. I think obviously Man City had an off year last year, um, and I think I think yeah, like do you think between them really? I don't, I don't think either is better than the other. To be honest, I if, think if we talk in retrospect, I think it's 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 probably you know you can look at De Bruyne being out so much at the start of the season for me, and I think that really hampered their ability to match Liverpool's momentum. Yeah, you know, I think I think we're probably within that first fifteen games, you, you could kind of tell where it was going. I think Liverpool have also been a fortunate team in terms of um, they don't often get sort of many injuries, especially in crucial areas, do they? Um, yeah. Whereas you know, like the depth of Man City, they've got like a, a very deep squad, so you know they they can rotate players and still sort of like be true, true enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I think it's more than likely going to be one of them. I think. T, are you also leaning towards City then? Um, uh, no. <laughs> um, oh, go, go on. This is interesting. So, um, so my thing with City is, I, I just, I just don't think, I just don't see City improving anymore. I think um, they're going to need something to spice it up big time, and I don't think the new additions they brought in are going to do that. Um, obviously. The biggest spice up addition City could have done was bringing Lionel Messi, which I don't think that's going to happen anymore. No. But um, for me, I don't see this City team signing, let's say, a big player that can freshen up or give that team fresh ideas to score goals again. So for me, I'm, do you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's going to be a wild card. And I think one of the other two clubs, I'm thinking, I'm looking at more at Chelsea. Mm. I think I think Chelsea have, have come to mean business. I don't think they've come I'm to. I'm assuming here over Man United. Football. Would that be the other team you'd say is in the running? And I'd say honestly, I'd say I'd say Manchester United. I think yeah. some United fans would be very sort of they back taken aback from that statement and saying like, "What are you talking about? We've signed no players. We need Jadon Sancho. We need Thiago. We need Mancano." But I think honestly, looking at that Manchester United team, I think. They have a good squad and they have a manager that's kind of like, kind of pumping that team up to a point. If they bring in a Jadon Sancho, that that front, their front options are incredible. Yeah. Their midfield options. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. So, no, I, 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 just, I disagree, to be honest. I think like Man United, uh, they're still, they're still light years away from actually you know, I, th- I think I think they can maybe put a good run together and maybe compete for like a, a third with Chelsea. But in terms of in terms of like actually getting over the line and winning, they're just they're far too weak at the back. Like ever pro. I I agree, Joe, because I think to myself, signing of Van der Beek's quite strange to be honest, because he's not a defensive midfielder. He's he's a goal-scoring midfielder like Bruno Fernandes. But he's but he's not though. He's a very he's a he's a six foot um boxer box midfielder who can win who wins challenges and is a talented midfielder going forward. So oh, can I say controversially, it feels very much like a passing of the torch from Pogba to Van der Beek. Because like physically they're very similar players, you know, both big, both strong. You know, in theory they've got the qualities to play box to box, but both of them will play better off the front. It feels like I think it's quite a different play. I think like Van der Beek's much better off the ball, whereas Pogba's much better on the ball. Yeah, um, I think I think he's just an. I think he's just a, he's a good sort of uh, goal scoring midfielder, like off the ball. But th- then, like my question is, yeah, like 
I feel like I feel like your points about like he, like T's points about like he's big and he can get stuck in is just a very sort of like but he does though sort of point on but he but he does get stuck in he's a very defensive midfielder because Pogba's big and he could probably win a tackle but he's not a defensive midfielder in the slightest I agree but Van Der Beek does do that though that's the, that's, that's the thing I'm trying to say like Van Der Beek is, does get stuck in and he does win challenges but he's not a defensive midfielder though because well, well, and what I would also say is he's coming into a league where he's going to have way less time on the ball and there's going to be a much higher yeah. quality of player against him week in week out so the balance of United's midfield will not be good like the, do you think they're looking at McTominay long term to be that and think that he can Keep I'm stepping up. He's, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to step up. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't know how they're gonna play. It's only gonna play a, a, a narrow diamond with um, you know, at the tip. No, I think I think I think they're still gonna play. Sticks to a three up top. I think he's still gonna play four three three. I think you'll play four three three. I don't think. Um, oh, well, he's playing a four three three. I really worry about the balance of that midfield with you know uh, Fernandez. Van der Beek and Pogba if they're the three I'd massively worry about the balance that and I think they'll get absolutely torn apart like in, in I, think I don't think so like, like players like the KDBs and like Liverpool and even like some other teams who are like great attacking the fielders will proper exploit United because they'll have they won't have much defensive cover if that's their three and I, I think like they're quite error prone at the back anyway with like the centre backs can be error prone like when you get good players running at them and we all know how like terrible like De Gea is, and yeah, yeah. Good point. Hold, 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 well, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. We've been a bit very harsh on United there. For me, I think Van der Beek is a very good signing for them. He's a very, he's a midfielder that's talented on the ball as well, and he's good at winning the ball back. He's a good ball midfielder as well. I don't think we've been harsh at all. We're talking about, we're talking about um, competing for the Premier League, and it's about reducing errors. I think, like, I think with that midfield, yeah, they'll probably be competing for a third place in the season more than likely. So, boys, um, yeah, on that subject, yeah. if I had to push you for a, for a top four order, what would you say? We'll start with Joe. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United. And take? Chelsea, Liverpool, United. So you've got City in City. the fourth? Wow. Well, you think you think Chelsea, like all these signings that Chelsea has made, are going to make an impact right now? With yeah, yeah, they're just going to tick from day one. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you now. I think and they're going to be able to outgun. Who's, who's the best player that they signed? Their best player that they signed. Yeah. Who's going to be the most impact? Let's say if we got FIFA Wonderboys, we'd say Havertz. I think ZX very underrated, and I think maybe Werner's probably. Okay. So are you going to be answer the question? I mean, it's open to both of you, isn't it? Go on. Well, I think Timo Werner will prove to be the biggest player for Chelsea because he will score an unbelievable amount of goals in this in this Chelsea side in the Premier League. I think when you look through that squad with Frank at the helm, he's going to be a manager that just breeds positivity in that dressing room, and that team's going to. That team is going to feed off that. That team's a young team that needs positivity pumping into it, pumping it, pumping into it. Basically, there will be a team that will run on form. And the Premier League, I think, honestly, when you're a top, when you're a top quality side, only thing you need is 
good dressing room, positive energy, good form, and big players. And I do think those think three things is what we have. Do you think they've got enough quality at the back and in goal to go all the way in the Premier League? Well, and to like, be honest, statistically, the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League and the defence isn't that great, is it? Well, they've, they've, so they've signed um, Malangsa, um, and they've also signed Thiago Silva. So they've brought in some improvements in that in that back yeah. four. So, to be honest, you know, I think they could do better. Like Silva's age and maybe like, say, it, like I suppose they've signed Chilwell, actually. I forgot about that. And but, Chilwell, um, sorry, yeah. But, um, okay, fair enough. Like, in, in goal, though, like, it's quite a crucial position. You I mean, know, we've like, talked a lot in- this summer about the fact that Kepa is not the required standard, doesn't have the great attitude. You know, they probably could have done with necessitating moving him on in some way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very good point, which makes it even important when I hear the news that Chelsea are still in the market to buy a goalkeeper, which tells me this isn't a club that is willing to settle with top four football. They're going for the title this year, and I think they are they are definitely strong contenders for it. And I can't see anyone I can't see anyone beating past them. Yeah, when they're on a good day. Keeper in this window, it's a massive statement of intent as well. Um, if they don't find a keeper in this window, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll go all the way this year. Should I tell, um, you, should I tell you what I think, and I'm inclined to agree somewhat. I think one thing that gets overlooked is, but I'd say honestly, in terms of having an elite defense that could match, you know, Real Madrid on their best day, maybe Juventus back in the day, Atletico Madrid. You've only really got Liverpool in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the rest, the rest of the contenders great going forward ropey at the back and i feel like this is the trend now isn't it you know to top load your team with so much firepower that you can unlock these perhaps not quite their defenses and score the goals necessary i mean as well i'd maybe i'd maybe just worry about chelsea like maybe potentially potentially starting slow maybe like when because obviously when you put so many new signings into a team look at where like fulham came up they were a shambles because they've never played together before. Who? who? Look at Fulham. who? Fulham. Fulham. Are you, compare, are you compare of Championship Fulham team to this Chelsea team? No, I'm not comparing them, you mongo. Listen to what I just said. But when they came up, they basically implemented like a whole new sort of like forward line and 11 really and they didn't play well together. That's the only like worry this I isn't, This ain't Championship <laughs> players, mate. These are world-class players coming together, bro. Thiago Silva is signed. You know, we've got, we've got a potential leader there, haven't they? You guys rate him highly. He's a top-quality centre-back, Thiago Silva. I think you're right when you said yeah. that there, DC. Um, it's all, they've signed, they've signed a, one of the best attacking forwards in Timo Werner. You've got hot, you've got the hot property of Kai Havertz lining up for your team. Let's not forget about Hakim Ziyech, who's an absolute quality playmaker. Melanzar, yeah, who's an absolute beast of centre-back. You've got Ben Chilwell, who flies forward, and he's an absolute terror on that left-wing side. Mate, I'm, and you've got Christian Pulisic, who's going to come back stronger than ever. And you've got all these young Chelsea boys who are hungry to get into the team. Okay, I'm, so, I'm saying, like, it, they, they might not click instantly. Lampard's obviously, he's more than likely going to maybe adjust formation to what he had to accommodate all these players. You know, because of the, the, the like the type of player he signed, you know, and they just haven't played together before. So, 
that everyone's going to have to go through a, like a transition like that. And but given the given the way the seasons work, you haven't had like a full sort of pre-season really. Like, they just might not click instantly. That's what I'm saying. There's a potential that they might not because quite often at clubs when they sign a load of players, that does happen. Okay, well, you're right. You're you right. got Liverpool second there, finishing yeah. second. T, why are Liverpool not able to retain the league? Do you know what? Like, just, this sounds going to sound ridiculous, yeah. But even though Liverpool have been, I think, I think last season Liverpool better than Liverpool have been on this season, and I don't think due to I just don't think this Liverpool team goes again and continues to be as good as they have been in the past this season or two seasons when everyone else brings their game up because I think you've seen you're going to see teams like um, Man United bring their game up Chelsea are obviously levelling up levelling up Man City are going to be wanting to close that 30 point gap Arsenal are doing business in, in transfer market Leicester are still improving Every team is you know, the champions now, so everybody wants to take points of the champions. Listen, I don't know if this this Liverpool team have got it in them to then raise their game again to 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 match everyone else to keep that sort of distance from the pack. I don't think they're gonna cope with the improvements everyone else has made, which will be the downfall, which will end up being that they will lose points. Important points. Should I tell you what? I agree to an extent, but this is my theory. And I, you know, tell me if you think I'm wrong, boys. I think they've held off putting anyone into their squad and they're saving that bit of budget they do have so that if January rolls around and they need that fresh blood in the team, they need to add something that they're missing, they they have the resources there. You know, we, we all know that Man City and probably Chelsea and Man United have a different playing field of financial resource to say a Liverpool or Leicester and Arsenal you know so when a team like Liverpool does succeed like they did last season I think they have to be sensible with how they spend and save a little bit of money so that if they are looking to retain the league if that is their priority come January they know where they can improve the team you know we've seen in seasons past Liverpool's entire identity, their entire hopes, their seasons have changed. You know, they signed players like Suarez, they signed players like Coutinho, they signed Van Dijk, all in January. You know, it's it's in the DNA of the club since they took, you know, they, they left Gillette and Hicks and they became Fenway Sports' enterprise, but that's how they work. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I think ultimately, maybe in in the quarter of Premier League season, it could be the undoing um, due to a maybe a lack of depth. I mean, I think, as I say, they've been very fortunate, really. Um, and they've so heavily, heavily relied on like the same sort of uh, level because the, the squad as a whole is relatively thin compared to um, some other competitors, uh, especially in like forward areas, isn't it? Um, and... It, it, I suppose it could be physically and mentally exhausting for a point like, you know, for them to go again. They've, they've Champions League winners, they've now won the Premier League, they've reached the pinnacle, but now this thin 11 and especially a front three have to go again at that same level. When, as T says, you know, right, everyone's wanted to come in for them, like coming from now because they're the yeah. champions in that. So, equally, they, they have brought some names in, you know, you've got 
Minamino there, who only came in January last year, hasn't really played that much. You've got yeah. Harry Wilson coming back from Bournemouth with more game time and experience. I mean, they're, they're not like play, players like that are like, you know, they're decent and that, but I, I don't think they're going to be a. No disrespect, but I don't think, you know, like if. If a, if, a, if a Mane or a Salah got injured or anything, they're not gonna. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna as well. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna cut in there. Um, I think both of you guys have got a good point. Um, I think players like Minamino and um, Harry Wilson, just because they haven't got a big name, doesn't mean they, doesn't mean they can't not make a big difference in this Liverpool team, like we've seen with. Steve Rock Origi. Origi's not a big name player, but when he comes in, he's he's a, he's he's clutch. He's a clutch player. He's always he comes up at the biggest moments. that's what I'm saying. They've been fortunate that they haven't had like a a serious sort of injury. You know what I mean? Like a let's say like a Harry Kane at Spurs. Who like honestly, yeah, I think you're right. On a period, Liverpool haven't really gone through that, so Origi's never had to come in for like say three, four, five months because of a serious injury for anyone. And that's what I'm saying about these players. If that I, is I agree, I agree. I agree. But just let me let me finish one thing so like I was gonna say before is this. I agree with you in that aspect. I think these players can make can come in clutch Liverpool, but then as Joe just said, they're not are they reliable to keep banging goals in on a weekly basis? Because games will become games this season are come thick and fast. And Absolutely. one thing is for every club in the Premier League, top club, I don't care if you're first, fourth, tenth. 12th, 20th. You've got to start fast in this league. Yeah. This season, you've got to start fast. You, it, there is no, you can't go for the first five games and not get a win out of them five. You need to get at least three, four wins in that first five games. If you if you want to be challenging for the title, you got you ideally need to be getting all five wins in your first first five games. Let's talk about a club then that always start well, Manchester City. They always seem to sweep the opposition on the opening day. So why yeah, why have you both got them? Because they always play in Arsenal. That's why. <laughs> Newcastle as well, Swansea recent years. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So why have you both got them finishing lower? I mean, well, T T has sorry, Joe. You've got him as champions. Is that right? Who's this, sorry? Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I say, I, th- I think um, I think Liverpool and City are basically as good as each other, really. They're the same level. It's just a case of, you know, like, last year we saw Liverpool win it, the year before we saw Man City win it. Like, I think it's just, every year might be different for them. And it's, I think it's going to be a battle between them two. I just think, um, I think City, KDB, uh, he's going to be more hungry to win that title. Again, I think he's obviously going to be the driving force for them, um, and I just think they've got so much quality and depth. You know, like as I say, they can just roll teams over. Like even if they've got injury problems, you know, like, they've lost David Silver, but they've brought in uh, brought in Torres. Like yeah, fine. They've you know they've just got so many options, haven't they? Just um, but it's still I, I still feel like something of a thin squad. Would you not say like yeah. you know it's a bit it's a little bit of a thin squad. I wouldn't say. It's that deep. No, I think it's. I mean, I think it's deep. Like, yeah, they, they've like, but, like you know, you've got like Aguero, Sterling, Jesus, uh, like Mares, Torres, uh, KDB, Bernardo Silva. Like, I think they just blow teams away going forward. And like, yeah, maybe a bit thinner towards like the like a midfield partner like Rodri. Gundogan. You saw, you saw Gundogan, don't you, Rodri Fernandinho? 
I think what they're, they're pitching. Foden. Thing, thing that never convinces me with Manchester City is, I would look at any starting eleven they could put together. Brilliant, and as you say, capacity to blow teams away. But I don't ever look at their squad as a whole and go, "That's a fit squad that can play thirty-eight games." You know, where's your problem? Is it at the back? I would say everywhere. I would just say the the issue is more with fitness than anything. Like I just don't think, and this may be why they've never been able to kick on in the Champions League properly. I don't think they stay fit enough as a squad. You know, I, I see injury problems with players like Laporte. I see injury problems with Benjamin Mendy. They've spent big money on both of them. Mm. Sergio Aguero is still the main man after all these years. Injury problems with him. You know, maybe maybe I'm looking at it a little bit too. You know, black and white, but I don't know. That for me, would yeah, be... I, think, I definitely think they've got the thickest squad in the Premier League, though. Um, in, in terms of quality, uh, you know, like in terms of you yeah, do, they, they, I agree, they, I agree, with, I agree with you. They do have the biggest squad throughout, haven't they? They've just got so many quality players that for a lot of other teams in the Premier League, even top four competing teams. Some of their players that are usually starting on benches will be starting for these other teams, to be honest. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ho- hold on. I agree with you. I say to you, they've got probably the biggest team in squad. Hold on, hold on. Let us, let, let, let's hold, let's hold off it. Hold on. Relax for two seconds. Yeah. There's a reason why I've got City fourth. This City team, I think this City squad is amazing. As a them they as a team, not as good. Yes, we're talking about a team who was Centurions two years ago, but I don't see this team have of I don't see them as a core of a team that are willing to go, they're ready to dig to dig deep and go again. Honestly, if I am so hundred percent honest with myself, I was being polite with my with me putting City forth. I was being so polite. Because actual fact I think Arsenal can get in front of them. Smoking that you're even considering a possibility they they won't even make four. Honestly, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you. United and like Arsenal and Tottenham, like Man City will blow them away in terms of overall. Why why didn't they then, mate? Well, why didn't they blow us away? Why did blow they blow Arsenal away in the in the FA Cup semi-finals, which was literally three weeks ago? Talking about one game. No, I. That's the thing. You just said. What we're talking about. You just said this part. This 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 Man City team will blow teams away like Arsenal. Well, they haven't because you know they got two 0 The FA Cup semi-final though. The difference between the places and the points. I think in an overall season, like Arsenal are definitely going to drop more points than Man City would drop. But no, here's, I don't think I don't th- I don't think so because one for me is this this. This I think this City team are you are, are used to having teams just just lay off and scared of them. I don't think I don't think United are scared of City next year. I don't think Arsenal are scared of City next year. I don't think United or Arsenal are scared of Liverpool either next year. And the same goes with Chelsea. I don't think those three teams are scared of of um the two the two big boys with City and Liverpool. This is why I honestly think. Liverpool will drop down from first to second and possibly might even slip down to third. 
Okay, Honestly, so you mentioned Man United there, T. Why do you think that Man United won't be scared next time? They're going to, listen, have, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has no choice. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a manager of Manchester United. And do you think United fans are fuming that they're even going to top four? They want to be challenging for titles. Their whole their whole club motto, their motto of the club is this, we're champions. We ta- we, if we don't win the season every year, it's a disappointment. Next year, they, Man United were five or no, 10 points off making 75 points this year. I guarantee you, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be in that dressing room this season saying, listen, we've had 65. Next year, I want to make 75, which means they're going to be even more ruthless in them big games. You're going to see big game players like, if they do bring in Sancho, you're going to see big game promises from Rashford, Martial, Bruno Fernandes. I think the defence as well, as much as we sometimes we say how leaky they are, Players like Luke Shaw will be big for them this season. And he's not even been, he's not been, he's had a bad, bad season this year. He'll be big for them next season. Aaron Basaka, big. Harry Maguire, hopefully he, he, he gets, he gets off bail. Um, who else? And whoever they decide to play alongside him will be important. David De Gea has got a huge season this year. Because one thing is this, I don't think United are going to get, kick him out. Listen, I'm a, I was a big, I'm a big critic of David De Gea. Big, huge critic. You know, don't get me wrong. Just because I thought he was the worst goalkeeper this um, last season doesn't mean he can't change and come back next season with his head screwed on and be the best keeper that we know that he can be. So David De Gea is vital for Manchester City. This is why Manchester, sorry, not Manchester United. This is why I think teams like Manchester United will be solid this year, and they'll they might and they'll bring up a few surprises for us. Arsenal, don't get me started on Arsenal. Arsenal are coming for everyone. Let's let's stick to the Man United thing because you've both got Man United in your top four. Joe, what do you think Man United have done well? Where do you think they'll fall short? Um, I I, I agree with a lot of things about going forward. I disagree with what's been saying about big players at the back. I think the reason why I've got them lower and they'll just they'll probably miss out on competing they'll definitely miss out on competing for leagues and second place and that is because I just don't think they have enough quality the, um, to the back and I don't like the balance of the midfield if he if he plays a three in midfield and he still plays like a, a front the front three of last uh, season I don't I don't think the balance is right um, but I mean potentially potentially the game plan is uh Ollie's recognising this and he's just thinking, let's try to blow teams away because we don't really have any other options to be honest because they haven't got a centre-back over the line, haven't bought a new defensive midfielder, I don't know if they're in the market for one, but they could do one because the rest are... I don't think they will be and I find it very curious that the older Nemanja Matic gets, like the slower he gets around the pitch and yeah. and still they're not looking to move him on. Like, you for Man United, a, a good solid maybe buy that could balance them well is maybe like a Drizzle Day or something because PSG apparently wanted to tell him um, just get him in, yeah. probably get him on the dirt cheap because... I'd keep Matic. I don't think Matic is as bad as... We all initially thought. I think he can be a solid player for this United side, and I think he doesn't have to have such a big part to play when they have Van der Beek in the team, and now he can have a, he can have a bit part, to, like big part to play for the, in the season, which makes it not so stressful for him, and you can show his best. I think. Really like so, Van der Beek, don't you? One thing I will say, <laughs> um, I mean, 
like you know T, T likes his vegan thinks he's going to be great what one cautious thing I would say is like look at De Jong at Barcelona oh. like do you know what I mean they're totally like, two different players yeah but they, they're both they're, they're totally they're two different players you've got you've got one that's like five foot eight and you've got one that's six foot who knows to tackle no they're not you, no, no they're genuinely not like they're different they're totally two different players five foot eight huh which one of them is five foot eight did you say you know which one's five foot eight De Jong five foot eight. He's a smaller player compared to De Jong. Not De Jong, sorry. To, compared to Van der Beek. I mean, I've checked that. I'm pretty sure that, like, they're te- yeah, they're technically slightly different players. But what I was trying to get at is, like, obviously the the hype and um, sort of the quality people thought they had coming from Ajax was really massively cool at Barcelona. You know, they played together in central midfield for Ajax. So there'd just be the caution there of, you know, Van der Beek might not step in and be the absolute like force in the United midfield, but maybe they need they need in the Premier League. Listen, you're right. There's always there's a risk. There's a risk with every transfer. You know, like there's a risk that every transfer might not go might not go to plan. Just like um, Alex Sanchez at Manchester United. You know. I'd, t- I'd completely be fine with Van der Beek if Oli thought, do you know what? We're not getting Sancho this season. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play like a a, a very fluid um, midfield, like apart from the defence midfielder, play like a diamond, like Van der Beek, Pogba, all fluid together, Fernandez, and play like Rashford and Martial in like a two up top, maybe like drifting about as well. That'd be fine. As long as they've got like some solidity in front of their very bang average defence and roll for roll. So I don't think I don't think they have a very bang average defence though. I think they need I think they're I think they they're they're one left footed centre back away from being a very strong defensive unit. But they they haven't got a left footed centre back and they're not in the market for one. Yes they are oh, in the market. Nathan, Nathan Ake. I, I saw his name linked with them. And they were in the market for Arsenal's um Gabriel they on to Man City. Yeah, and Gabriel went to Arsenal, and I saw both of them linked with Man United. So perhaps. exactly, so Man City have strengthened in that position, but Man United haven't. But he's looked, they're looking to strengthen in that position, though. Right. So who, who, so who are they getting in then? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? They, they've, they've looked for options. They looked for Nathan Ake. I did see David Alaba linked at one point. Start in a week. Who, present me a name. I just said, I just said names for you. Nathan Ake was one. He's he went to City. Man City, mate. He's gone. I'm gone. Oh, they, they they were in for Gabriel, who literally just signed for Arsenal literally two days ago. These are yeah, left footed centre backs who United literally put out there. They was their targets that they wanted to fill that position. So where do they go from here then? Because they ain't got one. What do, you, what do you mean they ain't got one? We'll have to wait and see who they who they decide next to who can be that fill that position. Either yeah. I also heard that I also heard that they want to sign. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna butcher his name. Left back Regulon. Regulon. Regulon yeah. from La Liga in Sevilla. Is that Sevilla? Or is he playing for Real Madrid? Or? No, he's owned by Real Madrid. He was on loan at Sevilla, but Real yeah. Madrid, don't So yeah, so so they've offered him to United, and United are monitoring him, monitoring him right now. So to, to, I think the talk is basically if. If United think to play a five at the back, they'll use Luke Shaw as a left side of centre back and that yeah. right on as a left back. Quite attacking, to be fair. Like, um, 
So he'd offer he'd probably offer some some maybe good width going forward if you know they're quite narrow in midfield maybe. Um, but he's yeah he's definitely he's definitely more attacking. So I mean if if that was the the case to maybe play a five at the back and a Luke Shaw as a left sided centre back, it'd be a, might be a good move for them if they brought him in to play left wing back. Either way, it'll be a surprise whatever Ollie decides to do. Yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we? Well done, T. You presented a name and a solution. <laughs> It would also be a surprise if this podcast went along without you two falling out. And now, speaking of surprises, let's talk about what we think will be the surprise package of the season. T, who do you think it's going to be? It's going to be none other than Arsenal. I'm telling you this. Easy, light work. I was being very polite. I was being very, very polite earlier, not putting them in the top four. Most boring. My my wildest imaginations were Arsenal might end up. We will be pushing pushing third. Third, they could definitely they definitely make top four. I, I personally feel like why? Why? Why do I think so? Because I think they've got a unbelievable manager and coaching up Mikel Arteta. I think the the absolute sort of. The 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 air at Arsenal is so positive. You're bringing in you're bringing in actually talented top quality players that this club has been begging and shouting up for for the past ten years. We wanted listen. We needed a solid a solid back centre back partnership, which we're going to have hopefully in the next years coming with with Gabriel and Saliba. We're also being calling and yearning for a solid central defensive midfielder who just sits in front of that back four and makes everything solid, which which Arsenal looks like clo- getting closer to signing Thomas Partey from uh, Atletico Madrid. Let's not forget about that absolute... Uh, we all know Arsenal can go forward and can score goals for fun. We all know that Arsenal on their day can beat any team. They've beaten, they've beaten Liverpool twice now. They've beaten City. They've beaten Chelsea top teams but we also know they can be frail at times and have a lack of sort of let's say mental toughness not mental toughness actually dis- mental discipline sometimes and it comes from the back and it comes from s- certain players who let the club down which, which they're looking to, to to ease out and push out whether it's Kalasinac um, Mustafi uh, Socrates um, the players like that and I think Arsenal are more the the fact they're able to keep a Bamiyang at the level he is right now at Arsenal shows the direction where this club's going. The fact that Gabriel chose Napoli, no, sorry, chose Arsenal over Napoli and Manchester United, who who one of them will be playing Champions League football next year, proves that where this club's going and the vision where this club has. Listen, it's not the the transfer season isn't over yet. Isn't over yet, and Thomas Partey hasn't signed. But I honestly believe that this Arsenal team can do a lot of big things this year if things pan out. And I've got my, I've got everything crossed here. I just hope that this team has the mental toughness to ride up the bad times and have the confidence to ride through the good times and make everything work. Jam, who would you say your surprise is going to be? Um, I mean, I think he's a year too early with Arsenal, to be honest. A little bit like I think he's a year too early with Man United. Um, I'd worry about them 
maybe the lack of experience at the back. I know they brought in some like talented players, but maybe like in terms of like top level experience and leadership. So I think like he's saying the mentality thing might be the downfall there. Surprise package. I don't know if it's much of a surprise. I think um I think Wolves might go again. They've obviously signed a couple like they've strengthened. They've signed a couple. Um signed a defender from Leon, haven't they? And they've signed a What's his uh, name? Who's the defender from Leon? Marcel, is it? Marcel. Okay. Oh, yes, of course. The Brazilian? Yeah, the Brazilian. Yeah, someone who speaks Portuguese. Yeah, obviously. Mm. Also signed, um, they've also signed uh, that... Uh, like that youngster young from yeah. Porto. That's six million they spent as well. Yeah, so obviously, um, he's obviously a long-term replacement for, like, say, Jarmatinho, uh, but also, like, you know, we know what Porto's factory of like of talented like uh, Portuguese players are like, so he's probably going to be good quality anyway. Just take um, I'm very excited to see the season for them. Daniel Podens, I really want to see him have a big year. I'm a big fan of how direct a player he is. So um, yeah, I, th- I think I think Wolves might be able to go again because um, I mean you know they dropped off a little bit towards the end. Uh, in in terms of them, I'm not really it, surprise package. Uh, Maybe I'm going to stick to my Yorkshire roots and say Leeds. Um, yeah, I thought you picked Wolves. Oh, I was just I was just presenting a couple of options. I wasn't saying a definitive one. Is your definitive, so, you're a big fan of, of Bielsa, Joe, you know, and what he's done at Leeds. So speak on that. Well, I mean, I, I know there's always the... Um, the thing about him is like players can burn out but I think what they're doing is addressing it quite well um, by um, they're not letting any players go and they've they've attacked the market hard for squad depth um, like quality at depth I suppose I think Rodrigo's a great signing I mean he started for Spain the other night in the uh, in so, the sorry hold, hold on Joe just just cut you cut, cut in real quick you mentioned Rodrigo I was good signing Listen, I'm not. I'm not just disagreeing with you, just to disagree with you right here. But I do not think he's a good signing. I looked at him. I looked at him at that in in the in the game where they played where they played Germany. Sorry, Spain versus Germany. And I think he's a. Uh, I don't think he'll score many goals in the Premier League. He's uh, not natural, yeah, uh, not a natural goal scorer, which is what um, I hope. That's what. Players expect that he's not going to score twenty goals for Leeds or yeah, score. I, I, I don't think that's it. I think I think if like you know Leeds is a squad, they they sort of like they distribute goals around the team a lot. I don't think he's meant to come in and be like a, a traditional like focal point number nine where he gets an enormous enormous percentage of the goals for the club and no one else does. I think okay, he's, yeah, he's yeah, meant to be a. Uh, to be a forward and not so much a, an out and out striker. He's, he's coming in because he's 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 like uh, he's, he's a problem to deal with. Good on the ball. He, he he can run about. He can press from the front. He can score goals. He can like chip in and play with like with guys around him. I think he's brought in to be a forward. Um, he's so, a problem to deal with. He's a big problem for clubs to and defenders to deal with. It seems like obviously you mentioned he's got pace. Um, I hope that Leeds don't expect him to be a goal scorer because I don't see him bringing in. I don't think I don't see him bringing in ten league goals this year. And, he, and if he did, that'd be an amazing return for a player like him at, Le- at for, for him at Leeds as well. So um, 
you know what? I'm I'm a bit on the fence about him because I watched him last night and I was very. He'll have to get a. I mean, he's going to have to get a. If, if, if they're going to have a successful season, he's going to have to get a, a very solid amount of goals. You know, he can't be a four. He can't be a forward there, and and be getting like single figure goals. Yes, double figures to be fair, but um, you know, he doesn't. I don't think he's expecting that he's you know, competing for. You know, like a, a top scorer in the season or anything like a. a, a true yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. He, he's not a Danny Ings. No. But he's, you know, but he's got to, he's got to chip in and get a, g- a good amount of goals to take, you know, the pressure off. But I mean, what takes the pressure off him is, I think, you know, other members of the team will chip in with a, f- a few goals. So that's been a lot up for the team. But um, I mean, they they haven't signed uh, that Ben White, but they've signed uh, that um, Koch, is it? Yeah, probably. probably not. Yeah. Germany international, so like decent, um, decent signing there. Um, so they're yeah, also to, I think they're also trying to get in. Um, oh, oh, am I mistaken? Is it Rob Holding or Callum Chambers from Arsenal as well? Yeah, I mean they're still linked to quite a lot of players, aren't they? Um, yeah, I think they're looking for um, like an attacking midfielder for a Pablo Hernandez sort of like rotation, which I'd probably say they'd be very wise to try and get one in because Pablo Hernandez still plays for Leeds. Yeah, like mate, he's still he's still like the engine of the side as well. Like wow. Like, to, to be like to be fair, he's one of the best players in the championship, money. But I think uh, the step up and given his age, uh, maybe need for rotate. But at the same time, championships uh, you play a lot more games in the season. But at the same time, then quality is a factor. So um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, th- I think as well what they should maybe prepare for is obviously in the championship they dominated possession like of all teams. But in the Premier League, there's going to be less games. Although they're still. I'd, I'd still say maybe like half the, uh, given their like level of drilled coaching of Bielsa's system, they'll still probably dominate probably half the teams in the Premier League in the possession. They'll be able to play their game, but obviously there's most of them in the top half of the table will probably be uh, a, 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 in, in playing football as well. So it's probably going to be about. Um, They'll need a bit more experience in coaching, or maybe awareness of like players to be uh, defensive without the ball. So, all right, all right then. Package as well because, um, yeah. All right then, DC, DC. Who's your surprise package? Please don't go Everton. Wow, so do it. I'm going to hate you, aren't I? Because that's exactly what I was going to say. Wow. How can you dispute Carlo, mate? What an He He's doing the big, big moves that Everton have needed for years. You know, they've had this this owner, Mashiri, who's happy to, you know, he's like a sugar daddy for the club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, I'll spend it. Whatever, I'm not bothered. You know, he, he just spends money like it's going out of fashion. And finally, he's got a coach. Have they have they signed many more players than that? Linked to Rodriguez. There's, I believe, a picture did the rounds at the weekend of James Rodriguez, Carlo, and Decore in a restaurant. Yeah. Decore as well. Yeah. Decore from Watford. So that'd be that'd be a strong midfield then. Decore. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I we've talked about Everton on this podcast a few weeks ago, I feel, and I'm mm-hmm. sure at the time what we brought up was. Defence needs work, yeah, but more importantly than that, the midfield, like, there's no one who convinces you as a holder. 
no mm-hmm. creative impetus at all because they've got they've got they've got that what's his name Gomez but isn't he going back to Barcelona or they signed him uh, he's still at Everton as of this word I think they've signed him he's not on loan though. okay so I think a few years ago. and I just I just think look you know when you're bringing in players of that quality you know mm. you've got a coach like Carlo who's known for getting the best out of players who are already there you know you'd say a player like Richarlison for example or Bernard, they're not going to need much coaching to get them to that Champions League standard. You know, that is the kind of play. Yeah. Say it again, sorry. You think they'll get Hammers over the line? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, because I, th- I think he he plays best football at club level, arguably, under Carlo. Maybe at Porto before, I can't remember who his coach was there, but certainly as an elite, you know, Champions League winning player, it was with Carlo. Uh, he's taken him to Bayern Munich before. I don't see why he wouldn't come to Everton now and be mm. part of, you know, a low pressure sort of, not a rebuild because they've never been a championship winning team. But, you know, they're, they're in a good position here where they've got an owner who wants to spend money. They've got a coach who knows what it's about coaching at that elite level at the top end of this sport. And they're slowly, slowly, slowly without being linked to loads of players as well, because you never see Everton's name in the papers at the moment. They're adding quality to the squad. And I just think all the things we said a few weeks ago when we discussed them, they're, they're addressing. And they're getting to that point where, you know, when you compare it to the business, say, maybe Spurs has done, you know, are they really that far behind where they are? I would I would say not. And now they have a coach. All these players, and I wouldn't say they're I wouldn't say they're that far behind Spurs, to be fair. I, I wouldn't either. And I would say all I would like to see now out of them is if they could get a real elite number nine. That's the question I was just going to ask you there. There was a a link, I'm sure that I read, of Higuain or someone like that coming in. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think think Richarlison will be able to step up and get enough goals to, uh, bear in mind, uh, we we know they're they're a little weaker at the back and things, so do you think Everton will be able to, and Richarlison mainly, will be able to score enough goals for them? I would would hope so. And I would guess, you know, maybe maybe the Moise Keane experiment isn't over yet. You know, he's now working with Carlo, who... Trying to move him on, though. Trying to move him to Juventus. He's trying to move him on, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility where Carlo wouldn't bring him back into the squad if he can't move him on. You know, mm. I just I just think a coach as good as Carlo, I can't... You know, we finished 12th last year. There's, there's no way we're finishing there again. And if you wanted me to go slightly left field and pick someone different, I'd probably say Southampton. But I'd, again, my worry would be, like... If Danny Ains isn't scoring those goals, we've seen how vulnerable they are at the back. You know, we've seen them get absolutely mullered start of last season. Well, that's tough. Could could they regress to that point? And they're a good team. Southampton were a good team. Like I think since that drumming, that nine 0 drumming by um Leicester, Something I think they've yeah. I think they've done. I think they've done a lot of work on the training field to make their team a lot sort of. So they do seem like a lot more of a force to beat and able to nick a few points off from difficult games. So I agree with you on that. Southampton could be a big shock for everyone. Well, speaking of maybe not so much of a shock, who would we say is going to be the flop this season? You know, who do we expect to underperform? Underperform, yeah. This season. Hmm. Do you want to go first, Joe, or do you, or do you want a bit more time? Uh, Let me offer mine because I know exactly who I want to say on this. I go yeah. on DC. Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I know, I know, I can hear it already. It's time to go! <laughs> you know what, I'd probably agree if they, if they, you know, if they don't get any... Um, I think maybe if they get Callum Wilson over the line... This is what I'm saying. Oh, wow, they actually do. They're linked with this good business. Where there's there's um, Callum Wilson and there's Ryan Fraser linked with them. Both big players, you know, and combine 20 million for both of them because Ryan Fraser's a free... You know, suddenly yeah. some good firepower proven. They've got other good players like Sam Maximian, who are in the squad. It'd take the goal scoring burden off Joe Linton and Andy Carroll. Suddenly, that sort of expectation of, oh, Newcastle are resilient and, you know, hard to score goals against, you know, their bread and butter. Like, you know, not that they are, but like that's what really a team where they are in the league should be doing. Suddenly, they'd have all these players where actually, you know, you should expect them to be winning games. You know, Almiron's in their team, brilliant player. John Joe Shelby's still knocking around. You know, you've got all these good players going forward. They've signed Jeff Hendrick on a free, I believe. You know, they've got a lot of good Premier League quality players who really should be finishing top half of the table, pushing on the Europa League with a squad like they've got now. And I just think it's going to blow up in my face a little bit because. Fraser, Wilson, both very injury-prone players. Joe Linton's shown, but he's not a goal scorer. Andy Carroll, what a waste of money. Sorry, <laughs> wouldn't have signed him. Almiron, great player in the MLS. Not sure he's got up to speed in the Premier League. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but maybe the Premier League isn't the league for him. And suddenly I'm thinking... Mm, where do you think Newcastle end? Honestly, I, I'm thinking a 16th or something as low as that. Yeah, as you said earlier, as you said earlier, it's all about form, isn't it? And if you don't mm. get out the gate well, which Steve Bruce teams typically do not, you are in that battle. You are dragged into that quagmire and you stay there all season. See, so here's here's the interesting thing is this you said 16th, yeah. For me, 16th for Newcastle is overperforming because I think I reckon they'll I reckon they'll probably go down this year. Really? Go down this year. Um, I don't think they'll be the flop of the season because I can... Because I, cause I kind of expect it. Who do you think your flop's going to be before we discuss relegation? Um, oh, it's got to be... Do you know what? It's got to be... From where I put them in the top four... Nah, fuck it. It's got to be Spurs. Fuck them. Mine's first as well, so peaking the talk for us both on this one. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Spurs, man. It's just gotta be, man. Like, what worries me about Spurs is the lack of, uh, just the, the lack of activity in the transfer market. I think that the, uh, yeah, I think I think they need. They signed a few players, but I just don't think are they the players to get them moving. For me, there's a serious lack of invention in that team. Maybe that's. The, the the tinge of Mourinho at any side, but it just feels ugh, like it's reminded me of when Pochettino came in and he inherited that squad that AVB and Tim Sherwood had put together. <clears throat> That's where I feel like they're at. You know, we've signed Matt Doherty, good player. Yeah. You know, but like, is that really, you know, when your issue is goal scoring at a consistent level when your main man isn't there? And relying on a player like Sun Hung Min to make it happen on his own, like you need, you need to be signing players with a little bit more invention, imagination. You need more reliable squad players than Eric Lamella. 
He's got to, yeah. I think and you're Gabby right. Al- like, Gary Al- is a quality player, but how often do you see him go through horrendous patches of form? He's very inconsistent, isn't he? Horrific. Because he's always he's always on a piss. That's why. Yes, and obviously interesting. I don't know if you've seen the first three episodes of the All or Nothing documentary. Jose Mourinho, as soon as he comes in, his concern is Deli Ali because he said he's a horrendous trainer, um, and that's evidently why. Because evidently now the documentary's shown that he's he's not really asked in training. He didn't actually train to the best, you know, like the best of his ability. Which won't get you a shout with Mourinho. Like J- Jose, R- Jose really likes him. Um, like I, th- I, th- I feel the first. Sorry to go off topic. But I feel the first three episodes have really portrayed Jose in a good way. Like he's he's not a miserable cat. He's actually a nice guy. But but anyway, we don't need to talk about that. But I get I get what you're saying. You know, for Spurs, it's just the inconsistency of the caliber up top. If say Harry Kane's not in the tide and ticking, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah, I feel like we've addressed, you know, by signing Matt Doherty, they've, they've addressed some of the issues they had. Does like, it just, just, just another solidish, not great, like you know, just an. Um, I, I think he's a good player. Sitting with him. So he can't be that bad, can he? You know, if, if Pep wants to sign him. And what about, mm. about do you think that'll be maybe Spurs' undoing? Uh, you know, the lack of almost almost certainly, I would say so. Yeah. And I, I just think like yeah, they've made solid additions, but for, for me, if they finish if they finish fifth or sixth, that'd be a real it'd be an overachievement with who they've got. I think. Yeah, as I don't. Kane, if, 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 really, to be honest, I mean, if they can finish the window and get like a a decent, another decent centre half in and a decent backup striker, like a decent one, um, it maybe change the overall outlook on where they, you know, finish and think, yeah, you know, they'll probably have enough power, firepower to be. No. Before we discuss this, I just want to come back to a point T said earlier about Arsenal and explain this is my issue with Spurs. He said that on their day, Arsenal look like a team that can beat anyone. They've got the quality players to beat anyone. You cannot say that about Spurs' squad for me. I think no. I, I think on their day, I think like I think. No, don't say it, Joe. Don't say it. Don't say it. Hypothetical universe. If, no. if they if no. they play really Joe. well on their day, no, and Joe. And also, so no. those Deli Alley. No, Spurs roll some teams over because no. they've got, but. No, is the inconsistency there and no. the reliance on say Son because Kane's no? Can you not hear me say no? <laughs> what? Can you not hear me say no? Stop! Don't even dare say on their day they can roll over teams. If if Spurs are on their best day, no, they're not on their best day. Spurs are better than Arsenal. No way! Yeah. Wow. wow. See, hold on. Here's here's now where it's, it's embarrassing. No, it's not embarrassing. Spurs can, never, Spurs can never beat Liverpool back to back, and Spurs can never beat um, Li- uh, Man City, and no, Spurs can never beat that Chelsea team in the FA Cup final. That's how I know you're chatting shit. Didn't didn't Spurs beat Man City in the Champions League, a competition that Arsenal don't even play in? Wait, what two years ago? Well, you're, you mentioned the Spurs team that played two years ago instead of us Arsenal team that played two weeks ago. You're chatting shit, mate. Played two weeks ago in the mid. Next question. Next question. Next question. Then who's getting relegated? Let's move it on. Arsenal. How about that? Joe's getting relegated. Joe's getting relegated off this podcast. 
Listen, listen, come on. Who's, who's going down? Let's be real. T, Hopefully did you New- Newcastle earlier? Hopefully Newcastle, and they, and they cut him off from the UK, which includes Joe's house, and they push him away. <laughs> he's, he's such a hater, really, because the only reason he's reacting like this because he, he knows what I'm saying is true. That's why he's reacting so bad about it. He's like, fuck. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so Newcastle, Newcastle T. Who else? Who are your other two? Uh, West Brom and um, uh, Aston Villa. Hopefully, Aston Villa. Do you think Fulham will survive out of the? Um... Actually, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, Fulham. I save Aston Villa. Fulham. Off you go, mate. Wow. Who's um, out, out out of these? Out of Fulham and West Brom, is anyone? Any of them been a signing plays in the window? Any, West Brom signed the kid from West Ham, didn't they? Um, they signed a kid, Dan Danjana. I don't know. Don't, how mate, it doesn't even matter. West Brom have the worst kit in the league, and they deserve to go back down. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to argue. To be honest, they are minging. That's horrible. Yeah, I, I agree. Just because I don't ever want to see that kit I'm, in the Premier League again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I probably say them. Brighton. Brighton? Whoa. Yeah. Thing is, thing is, here's my here's my thought, right? There's three or four what I call boring teams that I feel like could could just go down. Like and I lump in there, Villa, Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace. If any of them <laughs> really I would not be shocked. I would not really? be surprised to see any of them go down. And yeah, you- yeah. Sorry to cut you off, DC, but are you telling me you're gonna you'd like to say goodbye to players like Jack Grealish and Wilfred Zaha? Listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not good players. What I'm saying is the the formation and the way those teams play is boring. There is one or two good games a season that you enjoy watching with those teams. When Palace, mm. play, I'm doing air quotes for the listeners' benefit here. Turn over the day surprisingly doing even more air quotes here because it happens every fucking year at this point right you know that's interesting we all like seeing that but why is it a surprise because Roy Hodgson you know he's the football equivalent of listening to the homily in church you know you're going to sleep you're zonking out it's boring and I I, you know Sean Dyche at Burnley nice guy funny voice you know it's a very British team great boring football Brighton, again, you know, interesting coach. Coached in Sweden, boring football. Aston Villa, Jack Villad, great player, boring football. Any of them four, for me, could easily finish 18. And I just think that Brighton don't have that standout performer. That, like you say, Zaha, like you say, Jack Grealish. You know, Burnley are a solid team. I really rate Chris Woods up top. I'm a fan of Ashley Barnes, you know. I just think that Brighton... Don't have anyone to stand out. But hold on, British. We've no bright. If you don't have Brighton, then you don't have that. Um, that well, for every other football fan, instead of Arsenal fans, you don't have that amazing spectacle when Gunduzi goes up to Malpe and says, "I'll get paid more than you," when actual fact he doesn't. And then <laughs> Malpe goes a winning goal and says, "He needs some more. He needs some more class." Mate, Brighton's got a bit about him, mate. Because I ain't gonna lie to. If it's a reason why Gunduzi hasn't played. For the past three months, I just, I just think they're a boring team, mate. Too much. I just, I'm, I'm never really entertained. You know, when they went up, you know, the year before, I'm a Wednesday fan, and we 
tonked them in the playoffs, in the semi-finals, the year before they went up. And for me, they haven't really moved on from that team that went up with Chris Keaton. Like, they're still boring. They just have a trendy, you know, English manager who coached abroad and did one game against Arsenal in the Europa League. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, quote me, any Brighton fans out there, if you exist, if you're not enjoying your wonderful nightlife or your peer or Quadrophenia or whatever the fuck you do down there, no one's ever been because it's the end of the country. Who cares? I've been, I've been Brighton. It's an all right night. Right. Listen, if any Brighton fans are listening, you're boring. You've yeah, been boring. I think DC's had like a really traumatic experience in Brighton because hey, I, I, I did. I can tell you off the podcast because it's not really pertinent. But yeah, it's just it's just not my place at all. I ain't a fan. Wow. Out of the Prem, Brighton. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Brighton. I don't think you're too bad. So I'm, I, I like you. I think Brighton will stay up. I think they're solid. I think they'll, I think they'll stay up as well. To be fair, would love to see them go. Who do you think of your relegation free then? Well, uh, I'm going to go West Brom, Fulham, two two promoteds, and then it's a toss-up. Really, I'm I'm thinking either going to be Newcastle, a Crystal Palace, maybe and an Aston Villa. To be honest, one of them. I think it's a tight battle. We're getting into I think what what you can consider like Stoke, Swansea, Bournemouth territory for some of these teams in the Prem. Do you know where, like, there's a bit of affection for them based on a couple of seasons they had a few years ago, but they've not really... West Ham to go down. That'd be, that'd be good entertainment, wouldn't it? No, no, oh, no. Oh, if no, you listen no. to West Ham Twitter, a lot of them reckon that they are. They reckon that they've had a poor window, they've underprepared, they've sold their top youth prospect, and it's all gone tits up. But, you know, I'm, I'm still a great believer in the David Moyes effect. You know, I think that he can... He can just about drag them over the line over a season, I reckon. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So what have, you got, what have you got next then? We've done... Well, let's let's just highlight for the listeners, talk through what we've talked about. Top four. We've talked about surprise packages, relegation. Breakout players is what we wanted to discuss next. Yeah. So, Who do you think will, will be a big performer this year who who will have probably the most big breakout season this year. Joe? Um, are we are we, are we trying to avoid, like, I suppose, some of the obvious ones, like T mentioned Timo Werner early, he might be quite... Uh... I thought you were going to go straight away. The first name that pops into my head for you, Joe, Calvin Phillips. You're a big fan. Um... I know I slammed him last week on the England one, you know, but... He, he was he was very good in the championship. I mean, he's going to be in England squad. Team, isn't he? Like, I mean, I know they're a new promoted team. But I wouldn't... What classifies as breakout? I suppose. I guess you know, breaking into their own and being considered one of the better players in the league, or maybe you know, a player that's perhaps fallen by the wayside, restoring themselves like Danny Ings did. Fair, yeah, maybe. Um... Maybe Phillips then. Maybe, I mean, obviously some of the obvious ones are probably going to be maybe a couple of the Chelsea boys. Yeah. Um, Go on and pick one then. Thinking, chill. Pick a player. player. You know. See, have you got a choice at Chelsea out of their... What, Chelsea? Technical or dream coat of players that we've got going on there. Uh, Mason Mount. 
mate, you're obsessed, man. He's a fu- he's a fucking baller, bro. Still with it, I'm telling you. Can't wait till he starts off the games on the bench. Anyway, anyway, Mason Mount. That's, that's what you asked from Chelsea. He wouldn't be my breakout season player, but he said if you ask me, who's my breakout season player at Chelsea, probably Mason Mount. Um, Listen, the only thing that's breaking out on Mason Mount is a case of acne. Yeah, you know, I don't rate the kid. I don't think he's that brilliant. I'm sorry. He's a baller. Anyway, my <laughs> so my breakout my breakout players. What about and, uh, if we're talking Chelsea players, Billy Gilmore had a few great games there last season for Chelsea. He's, he's still a boy. He's not a man yet. He needs to go on loan. Mason Greenwood though, he's young. He's broken into the team. He's That's true. That's true. But to be honest with you, it, it was another one. It was either, it was either, it was either um, Greenwood or it was either Daniel James and United fans are key on Daniel James. So. That's my thing. Anyway, I'd say breakout player season. I think Nicolas Pepe a breakout season this year. Um, I think Ben White from um, from right. Brighton will have a good season this year. Ben Dambo. I think you'll get a big money move. We'll probably move to thinking about it. Probably Chelsea um, or maybe even United. You never know. And then uh, um, trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. You have a breakout season this year. At other clubs, um, probably so- someone at Leicester will. Someone at Leicester, surely someone at Leicester, will have a breakout season. I think we've talked have- about Leicester a lot, have we? On this pod, I mean, I know we've talked about them before, but what we're thinking? Do we think they maintain the momentum? No, no, no. Why not, both of you? I just think they're boring. I just, I just think they're boring, mate. And I, and I just hate, I hate selling clubs. I hate that you have nothing about you to sell your best players so easily when you could push on to achieve better things. This team, whereas this club's a club that won the Premier League about five years ago and they're out there selling their best players for chump change. Ben Chilwell should... I, I understand we're in a pandemic and whatnot and things are different and, you, and people need cash, but Leicester City do not need cash. They're one of the richest, they're one of the richest owners in the Premier League. Joe not worth more than 50 million that Chelsea the, the, player, the player they signed from Atalanta, Joe, is he, I know he's technically a right back, Castagne, but can he play on the left as well, do you know? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Do you think he'll have been signed as a direct replacement? Probably end up that way, yeah. I find I find that a good signing to me. Like, no, I see. I hate. It'd be better to utilize the money elsewhere. Surely he will be. He'll be playing at left back, surely, because they've got Ricardo Pereira, who's an unbelievable right back. Yeah, yeah. But I hate this though. I hate. I hate. I hate playing a right-footed defender on the on the left side. It's it's so it's so it's so it so evidently doesn't work that. Chelsea I don't know how it fit in. Didn't they? Who? Chelsea with Aspilicueta at left back. Mourinho's season where he won the league last time. I don't overly like it because I think it limits width and obviously it's very narrow because the right foot player is kind of on the side. But at the same time, why is it relatively normal for a right footed player to play left back? But it's like absolutely criminal. If a left footed pullback played at right back, I guess because it's I, a bit, like it, it's like Goldust, isn't it? Finding a good left footed player. 
you know, to play them out of position is just bizarre. You know, it's Harry Kane on corners level bizarre. Yeah. But that's me. Anyway, I pick, I think I pick, I pick Ben White. I think he, I've heard a lot of good things about him. And I think Nicholas Pepe, because I think obviously he's had a very, he's had a good year to sort of get used to the league, and he's put up some decent numbers and he's scored some fantastic goals. And I think he'll have a big part to play in this Arteta side next year. And I'll be, will be, I think he'll make a really big impact this year. And I think he'll get at least ten plus goals in the league and possibly looking at ten plus assists as well. Jam, have you come up with any names? Got a bit of time to think there. No, no, my mind's blank. To be fair, apart from the obvious candidates I mentioned, like I think Timo Werner will probably be a big player. Oh, of course it's blank. I mean, I don't really know what that means, but that's fine. Whatever. It means you know if I call about football. Wait, I mean it doesn't. But no nibble. Tell me, tell me how that bait tastes. Go on. You too, man. What out of ten, out of ten, how pissed are you? I'm not pissed at all. I can tell you're so red right now. <laughs> not though. I can hear this steam through my headphones. My headphones right now. I mean that that's 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 fine. Like, you can say what you want. You that, 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 that's fine. That's fine, folks. <laughs> Have we really really just had a Bugs Bunny reference? (laughs) (laughs) That's an insuency. Oh, mate. You need to have a long lie down. Do you you want to have another go then, Joe? No? No. No? No. He's feeling He's feeling Huh? I mean, I literally just told you. What? Told me what? Team Averna, Team Averna. Oh. I said that oh. like, I don't really have any other options apart from like the obvious. Oh, oh so the so, think, so, so, so the so the players that I was hyping up literally at the start of this podcast, yeah. Sorry, I forgot you yeah, were the only the only club oh, cool, cool. find anyone of note like on a big level. What about Farron Torres, Joe? Manchester City. No, I mean, no. I, 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 I think it'd be a struggle to put him as far as a breakout season because I think you know the the depth that City have. There might be a lot of rotation there. Like, is he better than Bernardo Silva or Mares? Or um, so I, I don't know if he's going to have enough minutes really to consider him a breakout player. What about Phil Foden? But you're going to you kind of expect a decent level of performance, don't you? Anyway, because he's you know he's a decent player and he's coming into a team like Man City. Do you expect? Foden can have more minutes than people expect. Actually, just on that, Foden, I think he might have more minutes than everyone's expecting. What? That's that's what I thought. I don't even want to get into the Phil Foden, to be honest. What about um um Joe? You mentioned this Cabernet Wolves, the the young signing from Porto. Is it uh, Fabio Silva? Do you think he'll be a breakout season this year? No, no, because to be honest, I don't think he'll get an, an awful lot of minutes really. But you um, think so? They spent a lot of money. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, come on, like Neves and Martinez are absolutely solid, aren't they? You know, what I mean, it's getting, it's getting tricky to. I mean, he's going to get minutes, but I don't, I don't think he's going to get like an awful lot of minutes. How many, how many games reckon he plays this season, Joe? Maybe like, I don't know. I think he'll feature in games, but like starting games. How many games reckon he'll play this season? Maybe like. Maybe starting, maybe like a, I don't know, 
upper teens, lower twenties, maybe. The point, what? So, so twenty games. The point yeah. I would say though on the subject is: Did they not sign what's his name? Is it Patrick Catrone from Milan a few years ago? And I'm sure they signed him on big money, and now they've turfed him out to Fiorentina. You know, yeah. there's, there's precedent there of like signing a player, giving him a go, not fancying him, not being afraid to put him out on loan. But I, I, I think that's a slightly. Di- I mean, maybe that's a slightly different one, maybe, uh, because he's Italian. But I think you know they're really big into the Portuguese market. I think what they, yeah. what they've done really is I think they've just they've paid the 35 million just to secure an asset. To be honest, because yeah, and you know if you want the best out of that asset, it's probably better to ease him into the ease him into the team and Premier League life, um, because as I say, Martinho and Neves are you know two of the better centre mids in the Premier League anyway. Can I, can I just stop you both there because I've just remembered something whilst we're talking about Wolves. T, earlier on you said that West Brom deserve to be relegated on the, sh- well, the lack of oh, strength. It is not that bad. Let's talk about that away shirt. Oh, the wall, yeah, that one's horrendous. That, for me, might be the worst shirt I have ever seen any professional football club put out. Away, away shirts don't count. West Brom's away shirt's worse. The horrendous yellow and green. And... Yeah, but that's just a lurid colour scheme. You know, that, that wolf shirt looks like it's half finished. You know, I when I was at school, I handed in coursework that you was about as finished as that. Like, I mean, although it's rascal, you can't bash them. <laughs> Listen, boys, 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 I, I wish we had this conversation right now. I think we should definitely do the com- this kit conversation soon because I think we've got a lot of big topics on that. I've got to shoot off because the missus is fuming at me because I haven't spoke to her all day. So I think we're going to have to cut it short here. All right, we'll cut so, it short here. Okay, T, good luck. I uh, Thank you. In, not- anyway, lads, uh, this has been a No Spray, No Play podcast. Your boy T, your boy DC, and the Ginger Biscuit Joe. You done know. So come back to listen to the show where I can spit more rhymes for yo. Peace out. Peace out. Joe's a, Joe's a prick. Fucked.